With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. And we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. It's only a kick, a jump, a block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle, a run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. It is FC Live on a Thursday. Adam Jones, Chris Bassett from the Toronto Blue Jays joining us in a little bit. And Dan Hayes from The Athletic writes on the Minnesota Twins. You don't usually dance like this. Because I was laughing at you doing push-ups earlier. So got me Sorry, I slept like three hours last night. Well, dude, go to bed, bro. I can't. Why? Busy working. Doing you were Sorry, working. You were busy tweeting hustling. about baseball last night. I got my whacker. Yeah, right because they, I'm going to confiscate that soon. But sorry, Adam doesn't know about the whacker, <laughs> the Scott whacker right here. Oh, it's, I need that. Yeah, it's actually I'll send you one um, from our friends at, at Tires Baseball. It's a pine tar applicator. I don't know if you ever used one. AJ apparently didn't didn't uh, use pine tar, right? I only use the stick. The stick. I use tar. Oh. I use tar. Everything. So then you know what this is, and I'm taking it back. He doesn't know what that is. Did you use a pine tar applicator? That's not what it is. No, I just we would just like dip the can into the rag and smush it, rub it around, and grab the bat. These motions aren't uh, good for TV. No, they, look, they look great on you though. Hey, they look elite. Did you, they look did elite. You do that again? Did he do that again? <laughs> no, <I'm not. laughs> dip it and then you know rub it and then lube it. <laughs> yeah, you look like who is it? The Cardinals that do the pepper grinder? Is it the yeah. Cardinals? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, they so need they something say. new. As a, that's uh, a big uh, ass pepper grinder. <laughs> Cardinals need to switch it up. Anyway, yeah. they well, lost that's a whole different story. again. They, they lost Ooh, five in a time. row. But yeah. but on the topic of you dancing, there's a lot of dancing going on with the Padres now, and I think some of that comes from the party in Mexico, which of course Adam attended. So let's yeah, run his thing. Yes, we're keeping up with the Joneses. Where was Adam this past week? Well, I was in Mexico City uh, working on behalf of MLB. And Padres and Giants, it was a fantastic, fantastic, fantastic uh, event. I got to re- meet Ray Mysterio, a childhood uh, hero of mine is in the wrestling Lucha, Lucha Libre circuit. I got to take out the uh, president of the Hall of Fame, Josh Weyrich. I got to take him out to... Uh, 
to dinner, just a random taco spot. And then I got to take him out to the Lucha Libre. This right here is uh, dinner right, uh, Friday night with Ryan Howard and Dan Otero. Uh, and, you know, we just, you know, I, I went in right there, and that's that good Kobe beef. It came with a certificate and all that kind of stuff. But, uh, no, it was great. It was great for baseball. It was great timing because of WBC. The Mexico fans uh, just were still – I still – I think basking in the glow of it. Team Mexico obviously had such a, um, a, a great showing in the WBC. And it was great timing. Padres, I think maybe maybe this could have been uh, Juan Soto's stride because he's been he's been playing really well the last six seven games. Obviously, Fernando Tatis is back for them, and that's a jolt. They've been you know so you know I think this is this is what we I think the last few weeks the last week is what we've expected the Padres. So hopefully going forward that is uh is an, is what we see. And uh, AJ, I want to ask you: Have you been to Mexico City? Because you traveled a lot. Um, but have you been to Mexico City? I have not, but I need to go. But I have a bigger question for you. As a former <laughs> WWE, yes, it's real. Okay. Champ. Okay. Did you ask Rey Mysterio? Champ. I don't think I don't know if you watch uh, wrestling anymore, but I still do, and my family yeah. makes fun of me. Can you ask Rey Mysterio? I know it's a work, but why in the hell are you letting your kid beat you up like that? Like, damn, hey, he, put, he beat his ass at WrestleMania. I watched the match. He beat his he, ass at yeah, WrestleMania. Yeah, but dude, I, I never. I never let my kids slap me around like that. At some point, you got to be like, have some dad pride and be like, listen, man, come that's on, Dominic. That's why I had to beat his butt on national television, man. Right? On the <laughs> national stage. You have to look at everybody. Okay, I'm going to take it. I'm going to take it. To the national stage, I'm going to smack you around. He disrespected man, that dude is like this big. Oh, he's tiny. You but he's a good dude. Man. Legit he's double to, his size. It's not good to do this on TV either. <laughs> <laughs> you, you had serious height on him. I mean, yeah, I mean, I'm a, I'm a taller guy, but yeah, no, no, I mean, it was, but it was special, man. Just to, you appreciate what he's done for the wrestling. Obviously, AJ, I grew up a big fan. AJ sounds like you you grew up a big fan also, and uh, that's just you know you respect what the, what other people are able to accomplish. Absolutely, especially at his size to win the heavyweight, you know, the WWE World Championship and all that. I mean. Five eight, no, five five, yeah. maybe. No, no, no. He makes Altuve look like a monster. No. Hey, Altuve is Altuve is the Green Mild guy in comparison. He's a big. <laughs> he's a big he's, I'm ooh, I'm five. Okay, five. Yeah, flat. I mean, five feet. No, he's like five three, isn't he? Five three. Hey man, maybe with those boots on, but hey, <laughs> I know a foot when I see it. Yeah, <laughs> M- Muggsy Bogues was five three. Remember, yeah. I always remember that height. I have two questions for you on Mexico, and then we'll hit the top stuff from the day. One, did you drink the water? I did not drink the water. I, I, I heard that uh, that um, Logan Webb said the Giants got the bibbers, and uh, <laughs> hopefully, uh, hopefully they feel better. So the Padres, uh, both teams. It. Hey, both teams got it. the Padres got it too. So oh. don't just think it was the Giants. Oh. Okay, well, I mean, hey, I didn't use any ice or anything like that. I know I've been to Mexico many, many times. I know how it works. I drink bottled water there. I make sure it's cold. Um, so yeah, brush I feel bad teeth. for them. Brush your teeth it, with it too. Brush your teeth. Bottle yeah. You got to brush your teeth with bottled water too. Yeah. So don't it's, eat any yeah, fruit. You, don't eat any ice. You, yeah. It's crazy. If you've been to Mexico, you, you understand, unless you're staying at the high end or higher end resorts, you know, I mean, they filter it a little bit better, but mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. last time I I've never, Mexico, I've never had it. Honestly. Oh, I got, what? I've gotten it. I've gotten the water, it there. The... I've gotten Bangkok belly. You ever had Bangkok belly? That's worse than Montezuma's revenge. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh man. Oof. Bad. Oof. I was in I was in Thailand. I had to call in the prescription back in the states. Hey, what do I got to buy? Because I cannot get off. One time I got it in Madrid. I don't know what they call it in Madrid. The 
Spain shits. I don't know what they call it. I got it one time in Madrid. <laughs> my, honestly, this is so bad. We're talking too much tapas. But listen, my, my hotel room was so, and we were in a nice hotel, but my hotel room, the bathroom in Madrid, I think it was either the Ritz or the Four Seasons. Where I was on the, using, getting it out of me, and my and the bathroom was so small, I had my head on the tile wall like this as I was sitting on the mm. proper place. Mm. But it was, oof, can't was, wait for lunch. <laughs> that's why we do so, the show after lunch yes true well for some i have late lunch but last time i was in mexico i got west Nile virus so true story from mosquitoes. That, that that was that Damn. was a blast that kept passing out um anyway that was fun hey it's kaylee cuoco for priceline ready to go to your happy place for a happy price well why didn't you say so just download the priceline app right now and save up to 60 percent on hotels so whether it's cousin kevin's kazoo concert in kansas city go kevin or becky's bachelorette bash in bermuda you never have to miss a trip ever again so download the priceline app today your savings are waiting go to your happy place for a happy price go to your happy price priceline this episode is brought to you by pepsi wild cherry Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. My other question on Mexico was, did you get to take any swings? Because I heard basically if you bunt, it goes over the wall. I didn't, but uh, yeah, it was a it was a fest the first day. The wind was blowing out a little bit more, uh, but it's still high elevation, 7,400 feet with a normal sized baseball field. So like, even if Colorado was there, you know, there still would have been home runs, but it, that was that place is a joke. I, I, I mean, I know that the uh, the Diablos that play there are extremely happy because that's their home ballpark, and the role players get the tee off there too. <clears throat> and a lot of guys got some big games. You've seen Cruz have a big game, Manny have a big game, Tatis have a big game. Uh, so you got guys that those are places. AJ, you know, when you go to a place, you got to feast off of that right there. You got to feast off and take advantage of those three, four RBI games, five, six RBI series, maybe sneak in five or six hits in a few days because getting hits and stuff so you the Padres and Giants respectively were very smart that very first day of getting it in and getting the offense second day the guys were I mean Logan um it was Cobb versus Darvish <clears throat> they were a lot better so it was a six to four game it, it was a late inning comeback so it was a lot better pitch game but I just think the first night the atmosphere needed to be there with the home runs the first game in Mexico it didn't need to be a pitching duel it needed to be uh, a, a fest the second day, it was is, is what was perfect. Also, a pitching duel, a really good close game with an exciting ending. So, uh, it was a great two games, man. It was a fantastic two games. Oh, that's awesome! And we'll we'll keep it on on the West Coast. Let's charge the damn mound, and we'll start with the Dodgers and Phillies. There was a lot from that game. Okay, so first of all, the Phillies are zero and two with Bryce and Max Muncy's a beast. We'll talk about his. Grand Slam, and he's got 12 homers already this year. But Bryce is back. This is game number two. And Alden Gonzalez tweeted that Rob Thompson was worried in the ninth inning because Harper didn't have time to put on his elbow guard while on base. Castellanos even burned a timeout to try to help. Harper said they brought it up to the league, but an exception won't be made. Pace of play issue is the problem. Stupid. There. It's stupid. 
We can't give him five extra seconds to put his arm. He just came back from Tommy John in under six months. Hey, talk to your boy Dan Otero. Talk to Ryan Howard. Yeah, that's true. Hey, you work for the league. Tell him that some of this that stuff is, is stupid. You can't that, give him that, five extra seconds to put a brace on. He's the face of the sport. He's I mean, got to stay on. healthy. That's if that was you, you'd be you'd be flipping out because I know Adam liked to take his time going up to the box anyway. Of course, but does Hell the yeah. so does the first base coach have this or the batting boy have this? You know, oh, the, so the, the no, guard. I think the bat boy has to run it because it's a big contraption. It's not like it's like a little thing. It's like what one of those oven like mitts. A... It's not one of those oven mitts you damn base stealers stole that had like twelve extra inches. <laughs> when you slid, you're like safe by twelve inches. That isn't his hand. <laughs> what does it look like? I've never seen the actual. We got to get a picture. Uh, we got to try it. to find yeah. a picture. Of it. But yeah. it's just something he puts on to keep it stable, right? To keep it stable. I mean, if yeah. the first yeah. base coach it's can big. have it while he's on, if the first base coach can have it, you know. If, because the bat boy, it's it's really far to get out there. It's a lot easier. I mean, the the hitting coach follows the hitters anyway. Uh, Bryce just hit the ball over the fence anyway. Uh, but yeah, that that's definitely something that's going to be brought up. And when it's brought up again, if, when it says it, when they say that it won't be tolerated, that means that they're going to dig into it and see, and they're going to see how many times this happens. It's all about data. It's not about oh, you complain to me right now. No, I'm gonna see how many times this actually affects it, and then see if we're gonna implement something. But we ain't. It's not gonna be just a Bryce rule because that was the old thing for the pitchers. Oh, the pitchers need a coat. <laughs> the pitchers <laughs> need a coat. You know what I mean? Go to go take time. Everybody go put on this coat and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> so you know, I don't know if that's gonna be a Bryce rule because uh, he's probably he's the only one that is gonna be governed this privilege. Um, but uh, yeah. Well, it's my fun to see. Let's show the second tweet from Alden Gonzalez to give more context here. On hits, the 30-second clock begins when the ball is brought back into the infield. An exception is made if a hitter records a double and is shedding equipment, i.e. shin or elbow guards. In those instances, it starts once the equipment is handed off to whoever comes to pick it up. I mean, my thing is, within reason, we should make sure that a player is protected safety-wise. It's not taking wise. three minutes to do it. It's taking them 35 seconds instead of 30 seconds. Right, so okay. I think we need to make and an exception come, there. And even if, down. first of all, it's Bryce. And second of all, even if it wasn't, I still would want a player to be protected. But he's also the only guy that has this device. So right. it's new. It's been two days. First day, he didn't get on base, so they no one got to try it out. Yeah. And yesterday, he got on base, so they were like, wait a minute, what's going on? We need this elbow thing. Oh, and the bad boy doesn't run a four two forty to get down there at first. Time, so let's give him an extra second here. Hey, hey, there's some slow bad boys out there, man. Yeah, but come on. <laughs> well, they need to get cut, aren't they? Getting cut? Yeah, they're doing a combine for bad boys now. Yeah, they're gonna. Put, they're gonna. You know what? They're gonna air it on MLB Network because there's some stuff on there. That oh, they should cut. be. Yep, right with the right with the uh, combine in June. Just have a on the side of it. Look, we need some bad boys that can read this and you know understand how quick things are happening. But yeah, yeah, I understand that. I understand it. It's it's a safety issue. Definitely somebody that you want to protect. But again, it's anybody who's going through this and comes back in five months, nine days. That's what it came. What? Uh, that's one year, like for everybody. So, like, I get it. I get it, and it will be brought up, and I will check my emails and see if, uh, <laughs> if I'm allowed in those meetings. Some meetings I ain't allowed in. Yeah, you know what I mean, well, you should be allowed, allowed in. in. They need you. allowed in those meetings. Me, they're like, ah, yeah, you got a pretty face. Go talk yeah. to uh, sponsor. <laughs> <laughs> new, new guy, you got like 50% meeting invites. but Exactly. Yeah, you got to tell them. Or we'll just clip this off and you can send it. I mean, you know what happens, though. 
The one thing that I want to make sure we don't do and we do less of as a sport is be reactive. Do not be reactive about everything. Don't wait until there's a problem. Imagine right. if right. Bryce is like, oh, I didn't get it on in time to you elbow slid. guard. And then he, yeah, has a problem yeah. and he goes down. All hell will break loose. Remember he slipped on the bag? And then yep. the topic of slippery bags comes up, and I'm like, it's always like it's that. Always when a, it's always when a star gets hurt. Yeah, Buster but my Posey thing is we already hurt. know it. Buster Posey gets hurt. like, oh, no more running over the catcher. We might get somebody hurt. Or <laughs> remember in the playoffs. AJ, you've been ran over a few times. Yeah, I got up from everyone. Let's go. Yadier been ran over a few times. Yeah, here, here's the thing about that. It was part of the game, and as a, as a catcher, when you sign up for it, you know what you was about to get. And when dudes were coming in, Okay, I'm gonna get it, but I'm gonna live to fight another day, and I'm gonna try and be safe. You get caught sometimes, and that's when guys get hurt. It was unfortunate for Buster. You know, mm-hmm. listen, great guy, but it was like the Chase Utley play at second base where they banned you from sliding into a guy. I mean, Chase Utley was doing nothing. Go back. We've talked about this before. Go back to the '70s when Hal McRae was going in and not even sliding. <laughs> he was full cross body Rey Mysterio blocking dudes at second base. Him and Willie Randolph famously got in that big fight. Remember in the '80s where or the '70s or '80s where they just started throwing fist because really Willie Randolph's like dude you can't cross body tackle me like that but they didn't care that was the way it was done and different sport you figure out how to get it done though you figure out how to survive it different sport so here's my but here's my biggest thing when you talk about safety though AJ you was a two-hand finisher um yes so and Bryce tried, to, tried to be tried to be most tried. Of the time. but yeah. some sometimes sometimes you get fooled and you finish with one hand just like that's it and that's just what the house swings happen Every once in a while. I remember when Weeders had his Tommy John surgery and he came back quick in spring training and okay, he was feeling good. And it was one time he got a good change up and that top hand that that top hand came off the bat and he was he was hitting lefty and he just tweaked that elbow. And I remember seeing it and I can I felt his pain. And like what can you protect against that? Like you know, is you it can't. like are you gonna it's like with the Padres, they told Tatis, look at you have to swing two hands no matter what. You can't guarantee that I'm going to swing two hands. I can consciously tell myself I'm going to swing two hands, swing two hands. There's going to be a time where there's a ball up and in and I swing, and, you know, it's just part of how, how the swings happen. Heck, so I told myself, can, I can told myself all the time. I told myself all the time to finish with two hands because it was a better swing because if you finish with two hands, you don't get out in front, right? So you're mm-hmm. like, oh, let's finish always with two hands. Well, guess what? Like you said, you get fooled because you want to you finish – and try to foul the pitch off. What's prettier? Two-hand finish. For me, you get a good two-hand finish, and you're like, ah, posing. It's like a golf, and you twirl your club a little mm-hmm. bit. Right? I mean, now, now if you're Griffey and you get the one hand. That's what I'm saying. I mean, For me, I'm, it's yeah, one hand. Ken Griffey Jr. <laughs> one, one hand is is sick on a on a finish well, in terms a lefty, of aesthetics. Though, righty, it doesn't look right. Fair, fair. We can do side-by-sides at some point and do have comps. You seen, have you, speaking of, have you seen the thing where they do the picture and can you tell if it's a right-handed or a left-handed hitter? Have you ever seen those things? Yeah. And they, it's just a shadow, and you're like, who's the hitter? Is he right-handed or left-handed? You can't tell. And you're looking at it, you're like, gosh, I think that's like Bryce Harper, but it could be Mookie Betts, but it could be Freddie Freeman, but it could be Paul They Goldschmidt. flip it, you're saying, and show him. No, but it's just a shadow, and they're yeah. like, at a certain point, they're like this. And you're like, is he hitting right-handed or left-handed? And you think it'd be easy to tell, but you just you can't tell. Hmm. I don't know. I, I we'll, need to see. Maybe it. Claudia can find. We need visuals. Pod, this yeah. this show. I mean, it is half pod, but it's also on YouTube, so we we can see things. Uh, I, I'd also like to show you that the Dodgers walked off the Phillies with a grand slam. Max Muncy has twelve homers. You know what's funny? Oh. 
So Muncie's a regular, and, and there he is coming into party at home plate. He's a regular on the show. He appears, you know, every few weeks. I remember the first, so he's on in spring training, first week of the season, or maybe it was the second week, he was cold for like the first week, week and a half. And I'm seeing the comments when he's coming on, and people are like, can you tell him to get a hit? Is he done? I'm like, he ain't oh done my gosh, he's one of the best hitters in the bigs right now. And he's got the pop that's back that was missing a little bit last year because he had the injury, right, coming off the elbow, right? Mm-hmm. Am I right on elbow, that? Elbow, yeah, yeah. yeah. Remember, he broke his elbow on the mm-hmm. play at first. Must and then last year, he, he wasn't right, and, and Doc Roberts said that. I remember there was a good Doc Roberts quote towards the start of the season where he was saying um, – Oh, he said in spring training, critical for him to have a bounce back season. And they spoke about how last year he was dealing with the elbow holding him back. So I think it's good now. You're welcome. Foul territory love. FT love. Yeah. Not FT live. FT love. You're welcome. He was great though. Yeah. And so the Phillies lose again. Phillies have work to do. Dodgers 6-0 on their homestand. Swept both series. We, We haven't talked enough about the Dodgers. They get a lot of love for years, but I feel like they're flying under the radar. Do you? Yes, because the Padres have all the hype because mm-hmm. of the people they signed, right? The Pirates, everyone was kind of talking about because they kind of went out of nowhere to the best record in the National League. And more people were talking about the Cardinals being crappy. And the Rays and they're being good. But they're in the they're different leagues. So and people look different leagues. The true. Angels get a lot of hype because Shohei and Trout. But the, because the Dodgers win every year and they're in the playoffs, people are just like, oh, they'll be fine. They're in, they'll be in the playoffs, and mm-hmm. here they come. I actually feel, Adam, like some people were slighting them more this year, being like, yeah, they're, they're going to be down this year. They didn't do big things in the offseason. And I'm like, I think people forget, and I'm all about spending. The Dodgers have spent for years. They still have a core of superstars, even mm-hmm. position players, of course, like Muncie, Mookie, Freeman, etc. And – their farm system is consistently top 10, if not top five. Every year they develop yeah. prospects. We're seeing it with Outman this year. 100%. Like, you replace Bellinger. You don't even remember Bellinger. And I'm ha- so happy for Bellinger right now also that he's playing so well. Got off to a good start. But the Dodgers have such a pipeline of players. So it's like, all right, we can let this guy go. We bring in Peralta. We let go Pollock. Traded, or traded that contract out uh, last year. They they have so so much so many weapons. I mean that's that's what when you have an enrichment of money and your uh, GM's mindset is the farm system. You could do both. That's why they that's why it's a damn dynasty. Without it's like the they're like the Braves though in the '90s, one championship with all these damn division ones. Kind of. Well, not to interrupt you, but Verlander just gave a back-to-back homer. So. To Baez and Riley Green in the start in Detroit. Well, well, let's let's jump to that, okay? We have a lot to do in Charge the Mound, and it'll, it'll probably yes, spill over well, past our Dan Hayes interview. But Yes, Adam, you're right, though, about the Dodgers and their dynasty. They're they're like the Braves, and the one they won was in 2020, which... It's like a tournament. Yeah, it's like the play. It's like the, the, the covid yeah. lock NBA championship, was the bubble. It's like, eh, six It'll always games, be that. Eh. It'll always be that. I mean, they won it, great. And the players will treat it. The ring means just as much as my ring does. But there's always a little. There's always going to be some people that are going to say, eh, "I don't know." Right, hundred percent. So on the Mets, Scherzer I'm a came back, fan, and they say something about that too. So what? The Lakers? No, the Lakers yeah, the are no. They always complain. They always they won in the bubble. So they're like, "Oh, they won in the bubble." And I'm like, "Well, if your sorry ass team won, you would complain. You would have loved that." But no, sorry, your team didn't win. <laughs> if, the Mag- hey. if the Magic won, everybody in Orlando would have been juiced. The, the Magic. The who? You don't like exactly. The magic? The magic? Yeah. I mean, 
I've never been to a Magic game. I'll yeah, go. well, I've never I mean, listen, the Magic are they, they listen. When I was growing up, they were great. Everyone loved them. We had Shaq and Penny and all that stuff. But recently, it's been. But we don't talk ever about since the White left. Ever since yeah, the true, left. true. Uh, Bonchero is a beast. Yeah, but they but the, you what? have to understand they they they, they don't win anywhere. They yeah. never. So people are just like. Oh, I go to the Magic. I can just buy tickets that day if I want to go to a game. It's not like Lakers where you got to buy tickets years in advance. Yeah, there's half the teams in MLB are like that, where the teams where the owners don't care. But wait, I want to go to the Mets because it's very timely. Yes, Verlander giving up back to back dingers, and Max Scherzer was not good yesterday. And he said after the game, "Yeah, long layoff," <laughs> which is true. He was lifted in the fourth inning. He was missing over the plate. Three and a third, six runs, eight hits, two homers, a walk, three Ks, 75 pitches. And the Mets were swept by the worst offensive team in baseball. Mets have lost eight of 10 entering today. Now they're playing. And that was an 8-1 game in game two. And it snapped this epic streak of 25 consecutive doubleheaders without being swept. I know it doesn't go back that far. And, and you were talking about this when, when we spoke earlier that what, that the last time they lost a doubleheader sweep was what, 2020 or 2019? Yeah, I mean, Wait, I'm going to counter that. 25 doubleheaders and you don't get swept? That's a that, lot. It's really not that surprising to me. That's a ton, though. Adam, not one Adam, out of those 25? To, big deal or no big deal to you? That no, 25 I mean, in a row. To who they lost to is always the big deal. Yeah. But Adam, how, many times, how many times did you play a doubleheader? Do you, I can't even remember. I mean, I'm sure it happened. But I don't ever remember losing both. It's always 1-1 because you, you win a game or you lose a game. And it's then, not always 1-1. It just seems hey. like it is. Not and why even play the games? It's just 1-1. Why seems, even play them? That's why people get mad when they have to play doubleheaders because they're like, we got, we're got we playing the Tigers. We got a chance if we play them on a day-to-day, we can win two games. But because we're playing a doubleheader, it's usually – I don't know what the sta- – someone's got to be able to find the stats. But I guarantee you it's about at least 70% that doubleheaders are split. You seen the teams I when I first came to Baltimore, and we lost both of those a lot. <laughs> and then we switched, but yeah, I think splits are you generally get a split um, most of the time. You know, it was great to get two wins, but generally I've gotten splits. But twenty five without twenty five without getting swept, man, it's pretty damn good. I think that's impressive. So they're 16 and 15. They're fine. They're, they're hovering like around 500. Yeah, but the problem is the Braves are 21 and 10. I, well, then they're not going to win in the division, which okay. is what I said. They're not going to win the division. I, I said it's the Braves, but there's wild cards. Phillies are in a similar spot. They're hovering around the 500 mark. I think they're a couple games under now, but still in that range to make a run. So for the Mets, you have older starting pitchers. Verlander's first start. I think, I think they're going to be fine. Just like Kratz said about the Yankees, I think they're going to be fine. Now, the Twins, on the other hand, let's talk about Minnesota falling now. How many? Two or three in a row to the White Sox? That was two. It's Mm -hmm. been two now. The third one goes down today. Dan Hayes from The Athletic joining us right now on FT Live to talk about this Minnesota team. And Dan, AJ is very happy sitting right next to me because... We have covered the White Sox, I think, as much as any team so far this season, and not because of AJ's allegiance to the ball club, because they're a beautiful disaster. So how are you, and how is the ball club doing falling to this mess of a ball club right now? Uh, you know, they're, uh, I'm good. Thank you for having me, by the way. Um, 
no, they're they're in a pretty good place. I think the fact that they played so well this year against the Astros, against the Yankees, uh, they they had a good spell leading into this series, and they just started to hit. I think all that stuff has made them kind of been able to shake off two games. I don't think there's any loss of confidence. Um, they haven't been the best games for them. You know, you look at last night and they gave that game away. Uh, they had multiple or they had a base running mistake with the middle of their order coming up. They had the bases loaded for the middle of their order and came up empty um, when the game was tied late. They had two walks turn into runs instantly and the White Sox capitalized doing basically the stuff that the, the twins weren't able to do all day. And um, I, I think when they look at that, that's been more that's been rare for this team versus uh, consistent. They've been consistently good for most of the way. Um, and I, I think they're able to kind of overlook that. But, you know, it's it's hard not to look at a game like last night and say, man, they, they could have come back down three nothing against Dylan Cease and and had a comeback win. That would have been a great story and um, kind of continued the way they've been playing. Instead, they're saddled with a tough loss and, and have to rebound today and, and rely on Pablo Lopez to help them avoid a sweep to a, a team that was, for all intents and purposes, miserable until about four days ago. Well, Dan, welcome back to the cell. Yes, I still call it the cell. Uh, yes. You, know, you were a White Sox beat reporter for a while, so uh, there's got to be a little allegiance there. You know, I mean, he's still a little kind of root for the White Sox, but I know you work for the Twins. Uh, how does that work? It, you know what? It's so easy uh, because this is year 17, which is shocking to me to think that um, just to – you, you do, you root for some of the people that you work for because you, you enjoy working with them over the years. But it's crazy how few of the guys that I covered um, are still here. I think, you know, I, I saw Yohan Moncada's debut um, and I saw Kopech when he came over and Gilito when he came over in the trade. But um, Jose Abreu was sort of one of those last guys. Tim Anderson, obviously, was there for his debut. And, uh, but there's very few guys that are still around in six years here. Um, but you do, you do having a little bit of allegiance to players and, and guys you like working with. And uh, it, it's a fun kind of balance, but you know, this is a, it, it's strange to see what they've gone through as, as hard as they've gone through. Cause I covered some really bad years. And in fact, if you look, I came, started covering the white Sox in June of 2012. And from that point on uh, it was a, a rough spell for the, for the team. Um, I did never really it's you. covered it. It was you. It, it was, was me. You. It was totally me. It was you. It was... Cause I was on that team in 2012. We were pretty good. And guess what? You came around and you went, <laughs> you guys were 24 and 22 the day I showed up. And then well, it was a great team. And Chris sale and, and Jose Quintana ran out of gas in September. You guys were propped up by really good young pitching that just hit, like hit the wall physically. And, I think you got hurt. Dunner got hurt. Uh, I got Michael's hurt. No, whoa, 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 whoa! Didn't you? I think you words. I don't get hurt. I thought you had a uh, a finger injury. Um, no. Maybe it was fl- no. Flowers broke his finger towards the end of the year. You had an oblique. I mean, you and you and Adam Dunn had oblique issues that you. Uh, yeah, you know, I mean, how many both... days I missed that? Well, two yeah. Days. No, you played through it. I missed yes. two days. Uh, Canerico had a bad back. I think Canerico was hitting 400 when I arrived that summer, and I think mm-hmm. uh, he hit like 240 the rest of the way. It was me. You, it was you know, totally you know, me. Honestly, no. The story was we were. It was Memorial Day. We go to Tampa Bay. Vinny Fresso was our clubhouse guy at the time. He didn't pack Canerico's bats. We get to Tampa. Paul goes to take BP or go to the cage, and he's like, "I got no bats. Where are my bats?" And so it was one of the famous lines of Vinny, he would always walk around and go, pack your bats. Hey, everyone, pack your bats. 
So we're in Tampa, and we're like, hey, Paulie, where are your bats? And Vinny had to have somebody fly him down. Wow. Bats, and then he got cold as hell the rest of the year. So thanks, Vinny and Dan. Hey, hey, and you want to know something crazy? That was the day I interviewed in person for the job. So <laughs> See, it is your fault. It is your it fault. Is. It's all me. Dan, how you doing? Adam Jones here, brother. Hey, Adam. It's good to see you. How you doing? Pleasure. Um, just wrote an article about Buxton and one of the most exciting players in the game, but also one of the most hurt players in the game. Yeah. Can you please explain to me why, if you can? Yeah, it's it's hard because he talked about it um, the other day. We had a great conversation about this and early in his career. He admits he played a little reckless, a little fearless. He did not. Uh, he was not scared of walls. He was not afraid to dive. And I think um, those injuries, a few of them happened early on. And then some of the freak injuries happen where you get hit in the finger and it's a hammock bone and there's seven weeks or he got hit in the head two days before the start of the 2020 playoffs and gets a concussion, stuff out of your control. And I think kind of the, the combo of the two. Um, and then, you know, some of the stuff that you get as you start to get a little older. I know the leg stuff came up last year, and uh, actually in 2021. I think when you get to that point and he loves to play, he wants to play every day and, and he you know, would spend three hours in the training room last year to try and prepare the knee and get out there. When all that stuff adds up, I think he has gotten a little perspective and you've seen a lot of times you'll see pictures of him and Carlos Correa on the rail having discussions. I think Carlos Correa has gotten in his ear and talked to him about you got to take care of everything you can to be out there. And he was doing a lot of that stuff. Um, but I think you just – you get that perspective. And he talked about that and um, wanting to be in the lineup. And he's been willing to accept being a DH. We know how elite of a two-way player he can be when he's out there. Um, his defense adds so much, and his offense has been incredible basically since 2019. But, you know, he's willing to sacrifice the defensive side right now because he feels so good. And, and it's a, a great place for them to be in because – I can't tell you how consistently we've seen him in the lineup on a day game after a night game this year. It's, it's been a few times where he's missed those, but that's one of those telltale signs to me because he couldn't physically do that at times last year. Uh, the turnaround was too quick. The Twins have these awful 12-10 starts on Wednesdays and Thursdays on getaway day, and trying to get out of the ballpark at 11 o'clock at night and be back at 9 o'clock in the morning, his knee just couldn't withstand it at times. and So he's basically done – a load reduction plan this year. There's there's not been much in the outfield. There's been base running, there's been BP, and there's been stretching. And he's cut down all the uh, the stuff he's had to do, and he feels great physically. Here we are in May. He had never played more games through the end of April in his career than he has this year. Uh, he's stealing bases again, and, and his bat has started to take off. And you can understand why the Twins want him to do this until he feels comfortable going to center field. And you can understand why he is willing to do it because he makes such a difference with them. Um, it, it is a, a huge factor for them in, in how many games he plays. But do you also think that having Baldelli, who faced similar health issues, I remember when I was over in Baltimore, that's how everybody talked about with Tampa was Baldelli. But then I remember he wasn't in the lineup and, you know, it came out that he was battling some personal health issues. Do uh, you think that, you know, having someone who has the – the sympathy for that in a way that understands like not necessarily sympathy, like, Oh, you can't play, but understands that, you know, like, you can give me a hundred percent this way, not necessarily this way. I, I absolutely think that's a, a big factor. And, and 
there that's been there the entire way um this is nothing new my first season covering the twins was 2018 the twins were seven and four byron buxton um got a migraine when the team went to puerto rico he they gave him a few days off he fouled the pitch off of his toe fractured toe um missed a month came back struggled they sent him down at the end of may uh, he hurt his wrist while he was in the minor leagues. He never played again that season. I mean, this is something that he's been dealing with throughout his career. So I think Rocco came in knowing that this is a guy that this is, there's a little bit of a history of this. Let's, let's take care of him and do everything we can. And I think when you have Carlos Correa also playing a big role and, and leading that way and saying, look, I, Byron Buxton always talks about how important it is that the guys in the clubhouse have his back. And he's felt that very much this last year. Plus, uh, you can tell, and you can just see in the way he is confident about this approach. Of course, he'd love to be out there being, you know, probably a three-war defensive player on top of a four-and-a-half, five-war offensive player. Uh, he would love to be producing that. But I think having Michael Taylor, a, a gold glover who is one of the best center fielders defensively in the game right now, gives him a little bit more confidence that there's no drop-off when he's not out there. I think all those factors really have him in a good spot right now. Dan, your colleague at The Athletic, James Fegan, uh, tweeted yesterday a quote from Keenan Middleton, who said he was excited to face Carlos Correa to close the game because he doesn't like him. Quote, he's a cheater. <laughs> and he faced the Astros a lot in his AL West days. Your thoughts? I, I, well, I, I got to talk to Carlos about it this morning. And uh, he definitely uh, responded about as smoothly as you possibly can. There was a little hint of shade in there, but... He came back and said, you know, I've heard worse. I'm just happy for Keenan that he's here and he is producing again and able to take care of his family. And I, Correa has heard so much of this. I mean, we're going to Dodger Stadium in two weeks and um, he's going to hear about it over and over again. You can hear it in every cold weather game at, uh, you know, the cell. It, it's yelled loudly. We were at Yankee Stadium. So I think he's accustomed to it. Um, he's moved on as much as he can. And there's going to be reminders throughout um, how long that goes, we'll see, but it doesn't seem to adjust or to, to bother him. It wouldn't shock me to see him hit a home run today and, and kind of silence the critics a little bit more. Hey, 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 stop that. Stop that <laughs> nonsense, okay? You would be pissed too if you were correct. Oh, and you would throw that shade out there. Oh, you know 100%. you would. Oh, I'm, I'm so happy for, for Middleton no. that he's still in the league now. I'd be like, I hope I face him again because I'm going deep. And when I do, <laughs> you ain't going to see a bad toss like this. But my whole thing with this is, okay, Middleton, he had a good start in the Angels, and he went away for years, like yep. disappeared. Wouldn't it mean more if this came from, I don't know, Mike Trout, Justin Verlander, Max Scherzer, not Keenan Middleton, who's kind of been in the bushes for a couple – listen, he's got good stuff, but, dude, Keenan Middleton, if it's Otani and he's like, yeah, back in, you know, I was pitching and you were banging on trash cans, he's a cheater. But, man, I mean, Middleton, just be – I kind of think Correa handled it right. It was kind of a – Slap like shoe fly. Oh, I'm happy he's back. Like he's like, who the hell is Keenan Middleton? Like, see you later, dude. Yeah, it, and and he's faced this for so long that I think he's just been a pro at it. And we, we were uh, talking to Rocco about it after we left left his office, and Rocco had already heard the comments, and he's like, it's pretty much exactly how I would have addressed it. And I, I think that's uh, Carlos has a good head on his shoulders. Um, he's he's who he is obviously on the field, but he's as much who he is because of the way he approaches all types of situations. It's It's been a lot of fun to chronicle it over these last 13 months, whatever it's been. Um, he's just a different 
kind of player, and uh, it's all around. Dan, Guardians were picked to win this division before the season by most everybody. Twins, White Sox, eh, Royals, Tigers, and whatever. But it was, it was mainly those three teams. Who wins the division? Is it the Twins? Do the Guardians? Because they've kind of – Guardians are just, eh, I mean, okay. The White Sox have been crap. We all know it. We've talked about it. The other two teams are kind of just there. They're rebuilding, whatever you want to – so is it the Twins? Is this the Twins division not a lose? If the pitching stays the way it is, um, I think it is. Joe Ryan has found another level. Uh, Pablo Lopez has found another level. Sonny Gray has been outstanding and healthy. You've got those three guys going. The Twins haven't had that in my time here. Um, they've had some good rotations, Barrios and Jake Odorizzi in 2019, but consistently like they're, they've got Bailey Ober to step in for Kenta Maeda and He's a, a good number four guy. Um, we'll see on the fifth spot, Tyler Malley, that that is going to hurt them. They're at the point already where they can't really sustain another long-term injury in the rotation. So that's going to be the factor. It was the same thing last year. I think the Twins were probably, you know, they had their bullpen woes, but they solved those at the trade deadline. And I, I thought they did a really good job there. Their bullpen got way better from August on. Um, the injuries caught up with them. If, if they can keep sustaining this, that's that's a great place for them to be. Uh, the fact is, they, you know, we can talk about the Yankees and their their offense and just how rough it is behind without Aaron Judge there. Twins beat the Yankees, and this is a good stat. I looked this up to see where both of you guys were. Adam and I were both in San Diego still at that time. Um, I was still at San Diego State. AJ, that was your first full season. The last time the Twins beat the Yankees in the series, season series. I know you had a big hit in the game that they they. Uh, locked up the season series in 2001 you know that's the kind of thing that they don't do they they always struggle against the yankees byron buxton that was his first series victory last week over the yankees in his career in 2018 he was down in 2017 he was down those are the only two times in byron buxton's career that started in 2015 that the twins have beat the yankees in a series and so i i think they're playing good sound ball their pitching is way better than i think a lot of people thought it would be and that's making a difference. Whether or not they can sustain it, we'll see, because the injuries certainly killed them last year. So is that going to change? Some Yankee fans jokingly lately have been like, eh, it's all right, we'll stumble through things, we're hurt right now, but our strategy is we make it to the playoffs and we beat the Twins' ass. Yeah. <laughs> so what's different this year? Yeah, it, it's. Uh, I'm not a very big believer in those kinds of things, but it's been hard to ignore the evidence since I've been here just what it's like. It's it's like the Yankees see that Twins uniform and they instantly get healthy. Like they instantly feel good. But maybe that's why the Twins change uniforms this offseason was to uh, throw the Yankees <laughs> off a little bit. Okay, so I've gotten into a Twitter beef with people on this. The M. The M with the star on the top. I get it. The North Star, the whole deal. The M is similar to the Marlins. I know it's not yeah. identical, but it, when you look at it, you think Marlins. You don't think Minnesota, right? Why didn't they – listen, I love the uniforms except for that that the M hat, okay, the gray pinstripes, all the new uniforms I love. I think they're great. Yeah. Could they not have just done the star or could they have done a different kind of M like they used to have with the star on top? It just looks like they half did it and didn't yeah. want to fully commit to it. it. Maybe that's what the alteration will be in two years to sell a new hat. You know, that's, that's okay. always the possibility because – who knows? But you're right. Um, it's the one thing that sort of stands out different. And they knew it was going to be a, uh, a talking point. Um, I, I love the Twin Cities look with the TC, the, the cream and the blue. 
Um, it sort of feels like a throwback. I love some of the pinstripe stuff. Uh, the M, it's the one part that I think everybody is uh, very divided on. But the, the thing is, is that people were very divided on the uh, last M when it came in in 1991. Twins won the World Series and everyone stopped talking about it. They fell in love with it. So I think if they win, people will probably be a little bit more okay with it. Um, it, it certainly is uh, like a 40-60 split amongst fans, though, that like versus dislike. It's just weird to me, like, whoever the designer was has never watched a Marlins game. That's for sure. <laughs> they have never seen the Marlins. They don't even know they exist, which is fine. I mean, that's their right, and the Marlins certainly can disappear. So it happened. <laughs> uh, Dan, I want to ask you about two players. Number one, was Sonny Gray pissed that he didn't win Pitcher of the Month? He has stiff competition for the Cy Young yeah. race right now with – Garrett Cole. And then one of our fans in the chat, Toasty, said, if you can fit this question in, Edouard Julien kind of broke out at the WBC. What are the chances he gets some run this year? I know he's played, he's, he's what, made, I think, eight appearances in games. But dude can swing the back. Correa told us he was one of his favorites to watch in spring training. Yeah. Um, Sonny Gray, I think, um, maybe he'll use it as fire. But look, Garrett Cole had a few more innings, a few more strikeouts, had one more win. Um, Sonny Gray was, it doesn't take away from the fact that Sonny Gray was excellent. Apparently the second place guy gets like a, a trophy of a hand. I haven't seen it yet. And Joe Ryan got one last year. Um, so the twins are getting like, this is the second time in the last couple of months, but Sonny Gray was outstanding. Um, I could tell in spring training, I talked to him last year. He was rushed. He, he came into camp last year and he had just started throwing four days before lockout ended. He had, he had to shut down for a few days or uh, three weeks leading up to it. So he felt like he was behind the ball all year last year. And we've seen a different Sonny Gray this year. You can tell exactly why. Like he's healthy. He threw 15 bullpens coming into to camp and, and just felt like he was totally prepared for it. And he wants to get better with old age. He's talked about that. Um, he's been electric. That, that game against the Astros, you know, 13 strikeouts. There were some shadows and guys were talking about how tough it was. And I think Yes, remember back, Martin Maldonado had multiple pass balls in that game, or maybe it was wild pitches combo, but that doesn't happen. So there were some funky shadows, but Sonny Gray kept going and backing that up, and he's been electric and nothing short of like a guy they should look into extending next year um, instead of letting him walk as a free agent. So maybe he'll use that as a little fuel. Um, he seems like the guy that likes fuel, but I don't think uh, – you can look at Garrett Cole and go, that was a bad choice. Garrett Cole had a pretty amazing month, too. Um, as far as Edward Julian, um, I think it's really dependent on health of Jorge Polanco. Uh, Jorge Polanco has come in and done exactly what he always does, which is steady the middle of the lineup. Edward Julian takes a great plate appearance. And he hit a home run in his uh, second game, and he hit another one at Fenway. Um, he looks like a guy who can handle it up here. The defense will be a big part for him, and I think he – is working on that heavily, uh, but for a guy who's come along the last couple of years the way he has, he's uh, got some serious promise and a very interesting player for them. Dan, we appreciate the time. Great to catch up with you, and uh, would love to do it again down the road. Yeah, hey, thanks for having me on, guys. Thank uh, you. Uh, wait, before you go, Dan, sm smack Bob Bechtel and Mike Herman for me when you see him, please. I, I absolutely will. I'll hand. tell them it came from you. Yes. You got to tell everyone who that is. Bob Bechtel <laughs> is the PR guy for the White Sox, yep. and Mike Herman is the director of travel, not the traveling secretary for the Twins. Director of travel is a bougier name. I like that. Yes. Awesome. Well, you can read all yeah, of Dan's articles point. in The Athletic, and we'll, we'll post the Twitter account as well. Dan, thank you. We'll talk soon. Hey, thanks, guys.
Awesome. Dan, and it's at Dan Hayes MLB if you want to follow him. So first up, I want to go back to the doubleheader talk for a moment because we did receive an update from Mark, and I think it's so far back already. What's the number? 40, was 46%. it? 46%. 46% of doubleheaders end in sweeps. Yeah. That's which, a lot. That's a lot. And maybe it was just because I was on teams that never got, I don't maybe. remember getting right. swept. Sorry that you're good, but can we now give more credit to the yes. Mets? 25 okay. doubleheaders without being swept? That's a very large that's number. A lot. Way to go, Mets. You just got swept by the Tigers and you're losing today. Good job. Yeah, but I'm, I'm just saying the record is <laughs> Exactly. Hey, way to go. The record's great. Uh, you just, you're about to lose three in a row to the Tigers. So yeah. Going into it, you would have said with the way the pitching lined up, they would have won all three of those games. Scherzer, Verlander, Lucchese, you would have said probably going into that, the Mets were favored to win all three of those games. No, Scott? Yes, Scott? Heavily Big favored. Time. Are you kidding me? Okay. The Mets against the Tigers are going to be favored in every single game. There's not – because, of course, sometimes the the game will tilt based on the starting pitching matchup, of course, right? Like White Sox are often going to be favored when Cease is on the mound, even if they suck. Marlins with Lazardo versus Dylan Dodd. But for the Tigers against the Mets, can you find me a game where they wouldn't be favored based on what they look like on paper with a pitching matchup? Who's the ace of the Tigers right now? Rodriguez. Okay. Erod. So if it's Erod against, let's say, David Peterson Lucchese. or Lucchese or something, maybe, maybe it's more even. But, yes, generally they're going to be favored, if not heavily favored. Okay. So it's a big upset if they lose all three. It big is. Mets fans will be happy. If they I, I bet home. you. I bet you. Tigers sweep was like plus maybe a thousand or something oh. like that heading into this because you can of course bet on a series too. So by the way, Scherzer said um, about the outing, the ovation from fans because he's going back to Detroit and he's getting so he's getting taken out in the fourth inning and he is pissed as can be. He's pissed about the suspension. He's pissed that he didn't pitch well. And fans in Detroit, Midwest Nice, are like, yeah, Max. And they're not they're not even being sarcastic, I think. I mean, I wasn't there. No, they weren't. But they're not being sarcastic like, yeah, you know how like Yankee fans or Mets fans or Phillies fans or whatever, if a starter gets rocked, they'll like cheer him and be like, yeah, man, we kicked your ass. In Detroit, they're like, yeah, we love you, Max. And he was saying, it's bittersweet. It's tough to have something feel good when you don't pitch well, but very appreciative of the fans here and their support. I can only imagine Max inside. Yeah, inside he's, he was Wanting sweet. to be like... Calm down. Shut Everybody up. Slow down. I'm pissed. Adam, how, how much did you hate doubleheaders? I hated. I mean, I hated. I only had to play one yeah. of the games. You had to play two, especially Always. the day-night pieces, right? Just play two and get them. Just play nine and then just start the next nine. We don't need the four-hour break in between. With. I mean, to be honest with you, um, I love the seven-inning ones, and I remember we did them in AAA, and they adopted them for the COVID year. It's better for your health. Um, more pitchers, I believe, throw complete games. In those, uh, because you know, you know, you have a second game. Just for some odd reason, subconsciously, the game goes quick. They just go quicker. Um, but two nines are tough. But hey, it's it's what you sign up for. You always got one off, which is great. Hell, I would catch an eighteen. No, everyone would catch nine. So uh, yeah, it's that's that's it's a long day. Day nights are worse because it's two completely different crowds. You sit down for three hours and just do nothing and just wait and wait and wait for the second game to start. You don't take batting practice again. You literally do nothing until game time. So that was a little bit more just boring. And But if you just knock them out, like one and one and a four, just get it going, get it out. 
Okay, Otani time. So okay. he struck out 13 yesterday. No, we're recapping I, the I, game from yesterday. I, I, what do you I'm mean just, again? We're going to talk you, about you it love a lot. Otani. You're like uh, I love Verlander's Otani. Brother. Check out our YouTube channel. <laughs> you're, ben, you're Ben Verlander. The world loves Otani. No, Cheers. I don't love him nearly as much as, as my dude Ben. Ben's a great dude. Um, I mean, yeah, Ben's also yeah. spent time with him, interviewed him, all yeah, that. Fox and, sent him to Japan to go over there. Like, I want to go to Japan. Adam, don't you want to go to Japan on someone else's dime? 100%. He did do that for two years. I know. <laughs> he got a free trip problem, to Japan problem, for two years. He's a, he got paid to go over there. Problem is, he's an outfielder. They didn't bring, they don't bring over very many catchers. No, no former um, catchers. There's one. There's one catcher there that uh, he's he's a Cuban guy. He played with um, Team Cuba. He's the only catcher, foreign catcher. They, you, honestly, a friend of mine asked me. Caleb Joseph was like, "Man, could I come over there and catch?" They're thinking about bringing me over to catch. I said, the stupidest thing you could ever do with your career is to come over here and catch because it is literally like instructs every single day. Now, again, AJ, when you show up to spring training, I've been to the mind. I've, I've actually suited up and wore the, the tools of ignorance and went through a day with the catchers just to feel how much of jackasses you guys really are to put this stuff on. Okay? <laughs> just, just go ahead. And it was hell. And you guys have to do it all spring training. And, and I get it. That's saying we run. We grind for spring training. Once the season starts, obviously you're not sitting down there and catching drills and all that kind of stuff. Just you play the game. In Japan, it is it, it is the instructs first day of first week of spring training every single day in June, July, August. Mm-hmm. It does not stop. I'm they, like if anybody seen Team Japan uh, when they came to to um, Miami on the sidelines when Team America was taking batting practice. They were on the side doing catching drills where the logos were. They mapped out a space and just did catching drills where the logo mm-hmm. was, throwing down a second. They do this every mm-hmm. single day. In two years, I had one show and go. Two years. Well, the team had one show and go. I had plenty of show and go. The team had one show and go. And I'm just, they, they work, work, work. And I, and I asked them, if you didn't do this today and you missed the ball, or do you think you can catch a game and not – take the practice like what happens if you miss a ball they're like oh i feel really ashamed if i don't practice it's a shame that my ass okay the ball was nasty it was a fork that bounced 48 feet you ain't supposed to catch it. it's gonna hit you in the throat it's supposed to get by you it's okay but they they no catcher i think and no american catcher would be bright enough to to do that honestly. by the way C- caleb joseph you know the famous stat about caleb joseph right i'm his teammate of course i know the jackass is favorite what's the favorite stat about caleb joseph he went through a whole season without an RBI. He went a whole year without an RBI, and he had like 150 at bats. No, no. Here's the kicker of the of jackass. jackass. He took the team to arbitration. <laughs> he had zero for a whole year. Zero. And you know what I would oh. say in my case? I would like, say on, nobody got on base in front of me. You need to buy more players, Baltimore. Oh, this one, Baltimore <laughs> no, was good no, though. No, I, I was hitting the years that year. I was hitting leadoff predominantly when he in his at bats, and it would be one out, man on third base, and he hit a bullet to the first baseman, a bullet to the third baseman where no one can go nowhere. He had lined out to the. I swear there was probably ten or fifteen instances where it was a it was an RBI, but he hit it too hard to the wrong person. At you know what I mean. And then I come up and fling something, and I look at the dugout, and I'm like, that's how you get it, baby. That's how, that's how you get them. <laughs> Did you guys give him I'm, shit? What? And then he <laughs> went to arbitration. <laughs> that, that's like impossible. Think about it. It's impossible. You would think 
you'd hit a double and a dude would fall down and a guy would score from first. No, I'm telling you, he'd so hit he, a double and, the, and they'd hold the guy up it, because, the I don't know, I, I, there were so many instances where the, he had a chance for an RBI and I'm on deck like no, waiting for him to, to, to slide, waiting, and nothing happened. You're going to see how many at-bats he has. This is why we need this show, though, because you know if reporters, and I'm sure they did, came into the clubhouse afterward and they asked some other players about it, they'd be like, yeah, you know, he's working his ass off. He's going to get it. But really, you want the answer to be like, yeah, we give him shit. He hasn't had an RBI all year. He had 132 at-bats. 132 at-bats that year. Yeah. 132 at-bats, 23 hits, three doubles, no homers, obviously, no RBIs. You would think at one of those 132, whoever was hitting eighth would be on third, no outs, and you just they play the infield back, and you just hit a dribbler to the shortstop uh-uh. in a ten nothing game. <laughs> nope. nope. <laughs> that was uh 2016, or, by the way. Or or he would uh, line out to right field, and he ain't got no pop, so the right fielder's playing shallow as hell. Come in, and you can't throw him. In. <laughs> A guy got thrown out. I remember our third base coach sent the guy. We shouldn't have sent him, but tried to get him an RBI. Thrown out by 20 feet, but he tried to get him an RBI. Somebody has to run a a video, like a compilation video, where they put together all of his like line drive into a glove. All all the stuff that Adam's talking about basically has to be put together into a highlight reel. He did all right. Like nine homers, 11 homers, you know, eight homers. Like the other years were fine, but just the one year, zero homers, zero. That is epic. Zero. I love that. I just love guys. He goes to Arb. Yeah. Oh, but he goes to Arb. He lost. Obviously, he lost. I'm assuming he lost at Arb, right? They gonna say, bro, what are you doing here? That is so good. <laughs> well, What's on the case? topic. But you know what you say? Because now they all the sabermetrics guys say RBIs don't matter. Yeah, hey, RBIs don't, matter, don't matter. Hard hit rate, like you see. That's right. Statcast says I have 40 RBIs. I should have 40 RBIs. My expected yeah. RBIs. That actually would be exactly. hilarious if you stood up. My runs created over this. With, yeah, square rooted. Say this number. See, I wish oh. it was like dim the lights, dim the lights, and it's a stand up for Caleb, and he's like, I know what you're going to say. What the hell am I doing in arbitration with no RBIs? But let me tell you a little something about StatCast metrics. And a new stat I created called expected RBIs. Expected and RBIs. <laughs> Observe on the monitor behind me the amount of times I got screwed with line drives that went into gloves. Or the amount of times they played me shallow thinking he's not going to hit it over my head. And they were correct. <laughs> it, would just be, it would just be awesome. Um, Well, on the topic of futility, the Cardinals have lost five in a row. They're actually playing as we speak, and they're getting stomped. Flaherty's on the mound. He does not look the same right now. And they are 10-21. and They have the worst record in the National League. Otani shut them down yesterday. And they still had the lead, though, late with Gallegos in the ninth. Jake Lamb, Dinger, Mike Trout. Dinger. Good night. But here's the thing. They got booed. They got booed in St. That doesn't happen. You don't get booed. In Heavily St. booed. Did yeah, you like hear booed it? off the field booed. Like like when I used to get booed, that kind of booing. Not like just <laughs> random uh, boo, you stink boo. I mean, it was bad. I've never heard that. I've never, ever heard that in St. Louis. They cheer you for everything in St. Louis. So mm-hmm. the fans are fed up. The front office is giving answers. Ollie Marmel's giving weird quotes about this and that, about we don't. 
know what's going on. And, and Moselock's taking some heat, the, the president of baseball ops. So there's a lot to, to dig into in St. Louis. And we kind of talked about it earlier, but man, you do not hear the fans boo in St. Louis like they did last night. You think they were right with not locking up Flaherty early? Like when he first came out and was 18, 19, 20, we're like, I mean, we've got another, we got another, we got another ace in our hand, young ace and dominant. And then like, you know, obviously COVID just probably halted a lot of long-term conversations with a lot of people just because who knew their own individual spending futures. But do you think that they were right with not? Locking him up early because he was definitely that guy you go give 80, 100 million to after the first, second year. So he's not costing you 200 like some of these guys are getting now. Well, they made the right decision. It looks like it right now, right? Yeah. Well, he's I mean, good. Listen, he's, he's still prefer the young But he's had hurt. shoulder issues. He's just been hurt. Right. Shoulders are bad. Shoulders dude. I don't bad. tell you, you don't want shoulders on pitchers. You can deal with uh, mm-hmm. elbows because they can fix those a lot better. You just never know with the shoulder how guys are going to bounce back. And he's kind of been up and down and. Very inconsistent. We, you know, we talked about guys getting hurt and missing time and doing all this, like Byron Buxton, where they can't stay on the field. Well, Flaherty hasn't been able to give them 32 starts a year, 30 starts a year consistently. And that's when you lock guys up, is the guys that can give you 30 starts a year. Yeah. <laughs> Lucas, speaking of Cardinals, Randy just went deep. That's why that I, like I did see you go. That's why I brought it up, too. There's been some outfielder moves. That have burned Think about them. Who they had the Cardinals. They had Al- Alcantara, Alcantara, Sandy. Damn. Yeah. They had a Rosarena. They traded a Rosarena. Remember the famous Mike Schilt video? You remember seeing that? He went Instagram live. Yes. And showed Mike Schilt cussing after they beat someone in the playoffs, and that was Randy. And they got rid of him because of that. He didn't even know what he was doing. I don't think. No. Because he. This is right when he had come over. He didn't speak English. He had no idea what he was doing. And then they had they had uh, Sandy Alcantara. Adolis Garcia is pretty good. Adolis Garcia. They've had – I mean, they've had a slew of guys they've traded away yes. that have become studs. It burns right now. It, it's a and, – and, yes, just an option, so they're getting spanked, yeah. But I they mean, had some studs, too. You can't just say they didn't. I mean, they got some studs, too. Here, They love true. Harrison Bader. They love Donovan. They love uh, – Well, Bader's O'Neal. gone. They got Montgomery yeah, I mean, Bader. he's gone now. Yeah. Uh, O'Neal's gone in I mean, a month. O'Neal's yeah. going to be gone, yeah. Yeah. Because he got in shit with Marmol. Too. Yeah, right. they had so, Yadi only. They had, he's gone. That's a they big had one. Real guys. That's a big that, one. that seems the biggest for me. Wilson Contreras is a great player, but losing Yadi, kind of like what the Giants lost Buster Posey. Yadi was there for almost twenty years. Every single day, you knew what you were going to have behind the plate. Nobody would shake him off. He, I played with Yadi for half a year. I've never seen one player run an organization the way Yadi did. It was Mike Matheny would come to him and ask him. He wasn't even on. He wasn't even on the active roster. Mike Matheny would come to Yachty and say, should we take the pitcher out? And Yachty would be like, I don't know. Why don't you ask the catcher? He's sitting right there. And I was the catcher. (laughs) (laughs) He would ask Yachty. I'm like, he's not a coach. He's not the GM. He is. He was. I'm telling you, I've never seen a player, one player. And I played with Barry Bonds, and I played with Paul Canerco, and I played with Adrian Beltran. I played with some all-time great guys and great players. The way Yachty was treated in that organization was off the charts. He was the Don of the Cardinals. Yes. No, uh, Don, yeah. I mean, he was... Yachty, he was, like Todd Frazier. Yachty, we got a problem. Yeah. All right, let me fix this. Yeah. He was a little bit GM, a little bit manager. I mean, he would be an epic manager. Yeah. We'll see. His IQ, I don't think he's going to do it, but his IQ is Absolutely. off the charts. And he knows how to talk to people. Yeah. 
They're missing him. Plus, he has, a neck, he has a neck tattoo, so he's tough. Yeah, you're not, you're not fucking with him. Yep. <laughs> I remember when Rand said that. Fight. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> exactly. You don't mess with the Although, neck tattoo. Although, did you see the kid in the draft the other day, the 13-year-old? Anthony Richardson's brother was 13, neck tattoo. Oh, really? 13 years old. 13? Right here. Well, same thing. I'm not messing with him. Yeah. You usually get those when you have a financial setting going though for the future. That's mm-hmm. when AI did it. That's Allen Iverson mm-hmm. did it. He was like, I made enough money. Wham, this is my expression. <laughs> it doesn't work if you're going to have to work for somebody. You're going to be wearing turtlenecks your whole life, and it's going to be tough and hot. So that's why I say these kids, like, they just go up and ink themselves up so quickly, and then, like, you ain't got the pot to piss in yet, young man, young lady. <laughs> uh, wait till you can have – wait till you ain't got to work for nobody. Then you do all that stuff. Our company, you can, you can have tattoos. You can do whatever you, you want. You have tattoos? I don't. But if I did, I would be on this show and I wouldn't be wearing a turtleneck. You'd be shirtless? No, I wouldn't be shirtless. Okay. No. Good. Go get an artist to do like a hente snake or something down like right here. And it'll stay for a couple of weeks and see how you're looked up uh, when you go out and get a coffee. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm going to get foul territory just right across oh, the Oh, you neck. should do the one like in uh, what was it, Where the Millers, No Regrets and spell it wrong and be like, no not regrets. even no one? Yeah. Not even one? Not even one word? <laughs> So, former Cardinal, and you brought him up, Harrison Bader, to see the collision yesterday yeah, was for the Yanks. That was yeah. tough. As well, Peraza left with the And Flaherty's leaving with the trainer injury. right now as we speak. Oh, shit. I mean, it is seven it's a two. tough injury week yeah. for the sport right That's now. Good. Dang it. Yeah. Yankees did win, though. Pinch hit yeah. walk-off from your boy, boy Trina. Jose Trina. Trevino. Yeah. yeah. Now the new stars of the Yankees are Willie Calhoun and Jake Bowers. Dude, Jake oh, Bowers. Oh, what about happened the first week? What happened the first week with Franchi? I thought he was... No, nope. Franchi's old see, news. Fran- Franchi, have you? The thing is with Franchi too, and I know he's a BP show guy. He's he's William Opeña, but do you have you spent some time watching him in the outfield? No, I don't <sighs> want to watch him in the outfield. I was like, does he know how to play the outfield? No, he doesn't. He played first. I mean, a he ball goes first. in the he air, and I'm Japan. like, dude, it's over there. It's over there. He needs to go to he Japan. Needs to go to Japan. He needs to go to Japan. And I, no, I, but I say that with respect because. You you make a million in the in the big leagues. You make two hundred thousand in the minor leagues. You don't know where you're gonna be. It's a fluctuation, a lot of fluctuation. You got a lot of bills. You don't know where you're gonna be. Bus rides, stress, getting cussed out to media, all the fans. You understand everybody. They speak Spanish. You speak Spanish. Go to Japan, make eight hundred a million guaranteed. No matter what, you ain't gotta understand nobody. Just go hit. I was watching a game uh, last night. Remember, uh, was it is it Gregory Polanco, big fella? For um, the Pirates, for P- Pittsburgh, yeah, yeah, he signed a he signed an early deal here, made some made a good amount of money, and then was bouncing around, bouncing around, got released. He was like, "Man, I'm gonna go over there where I can make the max money." And I seen him go deep last night for the game winning home run. So, like, Franchi is a fantastic talent. I've watched him so much, and but it's like you're a four A player at sometimes. You just at this age, you're getting he's getting older now. He's getting these he's lost the prospects that is 28, I believe. Go to Japan and make your money, man. Go over there and hit 30 and make your money. And you're right, yeah. Gregory Polanco, 31 years old. Yeah, That's and crazy. he can go over there and make his money. Yeah. Brandon Laird, yeah. went over there and made their money. Vladimir Ballantine, these guys, go over there and make your money. I get it. We want to play Major League Baseball. This is the dream come true. Go. You can go over there and make a lot of money and buy your own damn 401k. Okay? You can do it. Make enough. Take it from the guy who did it multiple years. Yeah. You're right. I took it. Okay, I want to get your take on this. Let's. I wasn't doing that shit. What? 
going overseas? No, not. I mean, when I had people saying, come play Major League Baseball. Yeah, but then exactly. after that. Yeah, but I was 40 years old. I wasn't going to Japan at 40 years old. Why not? Because my damn kids are old. You're a world traveler. A true. I've been to Japan, but I don't want to go live over there for eight months when my kids are like in middle school. Okay. One day, if you have kids, you'll understand. Yeah. I had I'm going to play in Japan kids, first. See, he's got young kids. When you're young kids, your kids, kids don't go anywhere. They don't know the yeah. difference. Right. Exactly. When you get older and they got friends and they got. Oh, I know. Stuff, I know the skit. I they know got how it works. stuff. It's hard. Yeah, but now you can go to your kids and say, you guys screwed me out of the best food of my life and a few million dollars more. I think my kids are doing just fine. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Let's hit that's what he said. And I want to go right to the Rays first because a lot of people have asked us to cover this today. Wander Franco. Can, can we do a demo? So here it is from Rays Baseball. A fancy flip on a routine ground ball and a toss to first. One more angle, please, from the Rays Twitter. Styling. It's like going behind the back with a pass mm. in the NBA. Mm. And mm. AJ's holding a baseball. Yeah, here's, here's my you, thing. Can you give I us mean, a, I, a live demo? Why? It's just, <laughs> here's my thing, Adam. And I'm not I'm not the grumpy old man. I love the bat flips, and I love all the stuff that's happening in the fun. Let's play fun. Let the boys play. I get it. My problem is I coach my kid's high school team. Guess what I have to do now? Because every kid in high school is going to see this, and they're going to go, hey, I want to do the Wander Franco flip at shortstop, and then they throw it away or they drop it. You ain't Wander Franco, kids. You ain't probably going to be him. Just make the play. But when they see it on TV – Every kid at every level says, well, I can do that. And Wander Franco can do that, but most 99.9% of the world can't do it. So do it in BP, have a great time. And I love it because it looks fun. It looks cool and all that. <clears throat> but please, now I got to answer questions to these kids about why and the holy hell can I do Like our short, we got a game tonight, right? Our shortstop, if he goes like this and he drops it and we, and we give up runs because of that, guess what? I'm going to grab him by the ear. I'm going to take him over in the corner and I'm going to say, hey, just because you saw a guy on TV do that doesn't mean you can do that. When you start getting paid millions of dollars and you want to do that, go ahead. But for now, work on just catching it and throwing a good throw to first. So I love it. It's fun. It's cool. It's all that good stuff. But just it makes it hard on us coaches. And then he homered too. Again, yeah. Our shortstop's probably not going to do the flip. And if he hits a homer, good. Your shortstop's also probably not going to be a $200 million shortstop on the exactly. Tampa Bay Rays. But kids at 8, 9, 10 years old, they think they are. I know, but I, I wanted to do 360 dunks when I was playing high school basketball, but That's I couldn't. Short. So if I tried, oh, I'm 6'2", I could mm -hmm. handle it. I just, I couldn't do it. I couldn't do a 360 dunk. Sorry. So if I tried it, my coach would have taken me out of the game. So I just don't do it. Let the pros be the pros. No, it sounds I, a little I, I get off my cool. lawn. No, but, I said I like it. So so you're saying don't do it because kids are going to copy you? Yes. Yeah, but kids are going to yep. try to copy a lot of shit that I understand major that. leaguers do. And then they get in trouble the and field. then they say, "Oh, your my coach is so mean. He's yelling at me." Yeah. yeah copy right, the I good am stuff. yelling at you. Copy yeah. the good stuff. Like exactly. it's a great play. It's 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 great. Like I said, it's not it's fun. If I was in center field and I seen that, I would have been like, "What the hell? You made the play?" Again, I played with JJ Hardy who is just is by the book as it as it comes um but it it's fun it's awesome tampa's sexy it, it fits what they're doing 
It's like the Andrew Jones thing. He caught it like this. Then it started going lower and lower and lower. And Andrew Jones, 10-time gold glover. He dropped one. What did Bobby Cox do? Took him out the game. When I come in, when I me looking at that as a kid, I want to do that. Andrew Jones, you know what I mean? How Griffey caught it. How um, if you go to generation prior, how Ricky Henderson caught it with the snap. What happens when you snap and that ball come out? Like it, it always is that time that is the mistake. Just do it right. But AJ, you're right about that. Your kids are going to be like, hey, I've seen that. It's all over social media right now. Same with um, Steph Curry, how he's moved the three point line back and back and back and back. You see Lonzo Ball when he was, or um, I'm sorry, Lamelo Ball when he was in high school, shooting. As soon as he got the ball, got on the court, I'm shooting at 87 feet. Why not? It's I got the range. Kids nowadays, my kids, nine years old, doing that kind of stuff. It's like, no. How about you just make ten layups first? Just do this first. Just, just make the play. The superstar play always happens. It always will happen. The routine play does not need to be turned into no. a superstar play because if he threw it away, he's gonna look like a damn fool. And then Cash is gonna have to take him out. You got to. When you do something like that, you got to take him out. Like, <laughs> it's, it's glad that he happened. He made a great throw. But if that ball got away, he threw it in the crapper because you see it all the time. Guys get the ball, take their time, and then throw it as hard as they can, boom, right in the dirt. You know what I mean? So it's glad that it happened. He made a great throw. I would say not do it. Here's my, here's my argument. Do it. Here's my do argument it. to that. Here's it my argument cool. to that. Jake, you know, you, Adam, you know, you know who Jason Williams is, White Chocolate. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. The, right? the oh, yeah. point guard yeah. who did all the fancy shit. All the fancy So, yeah. So he lives in Orlando. I played golf with him a million times. I We asked him. We said, hey, how did you learn how to, like, do the elbow pass and fake behind your back? He's like, well, I couldn't really shoot. So I had to be spectacular at something. And I said, well, how did you – but that doesn't mean you elbow pass and between your leg pass and all this stuff. He said, I practice it every day in my in my yard. So in my yard, I practiced, boom, elbow pass, boom. He's like, that's why when I got in a game and I did it, you notice he never really threw one away. No, no look pass. No. He, he said, I get in the mirror and I practice. He was so good. He was so good, right? Oh, but, he was so but good. But the problem is now kids are going to be at home and they're going to get a ground ball and they're going to go. Ooh. Okay, this is my point. And then the dude's safe because he does that. But you're playing to my point. Jason Williams did that. That was when I was – kind of growing up playing hoops. I, maybe I was in middle school or high school when he was doing that. And I did not copy him in a game or I would be taken out of the game. And even if I went home and practiced some of the shit that Jason Williams did, I would not have been able to pull it off. So I would have said, yep, I can't do this. But kids are going to try Not to it. that extent. Behind the back pass, okay. But some of the stuff he I mean, he did one where he like knocked it off his elbow. It yeah, looked he like this way, and one mixtape, which I also loved yeah. watching growing up. But yeah, my, not everybody is the he's same a pro. athleticism. Right, so he's yeah, a not, pro. He can do yeah. it. He likes to live dangerously. Right. Let him do it. If he fucks up, that's on him. But he, he clearly was I, confident I agree. that he's not going to mess it up. Agree, but the problem is kids are going to try it now because it's a different world than mm-hmm. when you grew up and when I grew up and when Adam grew up. Because kids now see it on Instagram and they say, well, I'm going to look cool if I do this. I might make it on Instagram. I might go viral on TikTok. And kids are going to learn. you see all these challenges that go on on all these social medias, these stupid challenges that these kids do? It that I'm telling you, AJ, you're gonna have a problem today. No, yeah, we, we, we know we won't because the kids know <laughs> we won't. They kids are gonna watch this, they watch, <laughs> they do watch, but they know they also know. Listen, Roy Rodriguez, our shortstop, Eric Martinez, our third baseman, Matt Perez, our second baseman. Don't you do it. <laughs> somebody's gonna <laughs> do it off, somebody's gonna do the one hit off the elbow, boom, and catch no, it. Oh, don't yep. you do it. I'm, I'm just saying because they know I'll rip their ass right th- out. Th- of th- this to me is a no brainer. Like the, the argument that 
a pro can't do something because a kid's going to copy them. I mean, it doesn't make any sense to me. Why don't we dip anymore? Why, why, did, why did the tobacco leave That's tobacco? different. That's a safety why, why issue. Is That's a health why issue. Different? You know what Because that shit's terrible for you. That's a parental issue. What? That that yeah, kids are allowed to do that? Right yeah, but they can sneak no, away and do that. Issue. Yeah, but yeah. I mean, one of these yeah, isn't going to... Except for when he throws it, throws it away. Who? Wander? Not Wander. My kid. Yeah, your kid. And then he goes to the bench. Yeah. And then this then is a valuable says, lesson, kid. Coach, I saw Wander Franco do it. And you're not Wander Franco. I know. Right. They so don't understand that. If, if you're if you're the kid on, on the high school team and I'm your coach and I just and you just tried to do that and you went uh, and you dropped it or whatever, and then I someone got to first, I yank you from the game. And I don't even have to say I shouldn't have to say anything to a high schooler. He should know. But if you came up to me and said, Hey, Wander Franco did it, I'd say, Oh, cool, are you Wander Franco? And then you'd say no. And then we'd say, All right, great. See you tomorrow. That's it. Yeah. You get to learn a valuable lesson as a child. You are what not wonderful. to mom and dad wearing you out. For doing that? Yeah, because you get to see. He's being recruited by Duke and Florida and Florida State. University of Miami's in town for the weekend. And you took him out the game. And then you just obviously you tell the parent that your kid did a jackass move. And <laughs> you, you tell the college recruits the same exact thing. Oh. Did you take him out? Well, you did a jackass thing. Can you see that? You want this kind of fool in your organization? Do you? You know what I mean? I think it's a valuable lesson in life, Adam. A valuable lesson in life is not everyone is the same. As in, not (laughs) everyone has the natural ability to spin a baseball while a pro player is running to first and you easily handle him because you have the timing down, you have the hand-eye coordination, the smoothness. You're playing in front of... Well, especially in Tampa Bay, not many people. So. You're playing more than you play in high school, though. I know. My point is, though, I just think it's harmless. And if he does it, that's fine. Now, if he screws up, he knows the mm-hmm. ramifications he's, he's of that. Adult. He's an adult. So what if, okay, what so if the uh, shortstop, what if Luke Volpe, Volpe, what if he does that in Yankee Stadium? If that Anthony <clears> Volpe does it there? Anthony Volpe, yeah, Anthony Volpe. What, what if he makes the play, though? Then fine. Still, make, still does it, but he makes the play in Yankee Stadium. What are they going to say? You know, say shave your little peach fuzz beard. Listen, I'm happy. I'm happy he made the play. I'm just, I just don't want my kids doing it. That's all. That's fine. Your kids don't have to do it, it. but he can do it. That's what I'm saying. is shaving his whole body if he does something. (laughs) (laughs) Columbus, no, just mustache. He's he's shaving his whole body in Columbus. Is where he's shaving it. Exactly. You see, Jeter ever do something like this? What? You know the organization. Phil Rizzuto ever did that? Also, it's cool to practice if you practice it by yourself, yes. like not in a game. Also, knowing the difference between practice and game. Garrett Wilson, who's always with us every day, said, as a kid, I always used to do the Jeter jump throw. Cool. That's fun to That's practice. That's different, though. That's trying to get it out. This, this is, is just trying to show the guy up, like, hey, look, I caught it. He Way hey, different. Way you, if, different. Hey, if you got it, plunk it. I love it. Brian Reynolds. Yeah, I saw it. Kind of tired. Good, good answer. What did he say? Well, yeah, Brian Reynolds yeah, says so, tired. Whatever. So my question off of that, so the follow-up to me here is, is baseball still get off my lawn enough that someone's going to hit him for doing no. that? No. Well, that's no. good then. Good. We've come a long way. Because no. guess what? Ten years ago, next at bat, he's getting smacked. He wouldn't have did it. Right. So good. You just, you just, you just wouldn't have done it. No, you wouldn't have done it. The game's more entertaining then. As Twenty a, years ago, you definitely you definitely would have done it. You wouldn't have thought of doing it. As they said in Major League, nice plays. Hayes, don't ever fucking do it again. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> for a reason. Like that's for a reason. That's how make it was. Play. Yeah. Make the routine play. Don't make the routine play difficult. And the best players in the game do not make the routine play difficult. So 
They make the difficult. We like it. Again, me and AJ like it. We like the fun. Yeah, quit trying to yeah, make us an old man get fun, off my lawn. No, okay? we like it. But you're saying, but oh, don't do it. Routine plays. Might... No, you make up. It's 27 outs. It's not 20, 28 because an out is valuable because that run can turn into six. Get the out. Now, if it was a backhand or a play that took him up the middle and he spun and it was flying out of the, out of the web of his glove and he caught it barehanded and had to twist and make an acrobatic play, yeah, he caught the ball, set his feet, flipped it. Like, if it's acrobatic, you do what you got to do. If it's routine, you make the routine play. That's always the rule of thumb. I grew up a shortstop, wasn't that good, so I went to center field. But I remember <laughs> they used to say, they used to say, make the routine play, and I couldn't. That's why I went out to center field. So that's why I emphasize on making a routine play. Yeah, and you played. You're right. You played with Mister Traditional, JJ. Joe, Harden. JJ. He was Caught the, it, and I'm talking about right over the top, four yeah. seamer, right in the pecho. JJ Hardy was like the the Tim Duncan of shortstops, Mister Fundamental. One hundred percent. Yep. Mr. Fun. A lot of basketball references today. He never practiced anything fun either. Like when I when he, he never practiced, Manny would take a small glove and Scope would go and have fun. CD would go to third base. I'd go to third base. We'd have fun. JJ would just, let me just get my work in. Made a lot of money on some gold gloves. I mean, yeah. he did it Made right. a lot of money doing it. Hey, if kids, Google JJ Hardy. Look at him. Okay. That's probably what you're going to be like more or less anyway. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I like the fun shit. All right. Another one for that's what he said. Brian Cashman did his state oh. of the Yankees <laughs> based off mm. the injuries. Now this was get out of my lawn. Underperformance. Was quote, it? Kind of, yeah. Okay, let's run it. In the position we're in, we're going to be thankful that it's a long season because we're banged up so bad right now. If it was a short season, we'd be taken out. Uh, but we have time to make up ground. Um, and we're going to compete with who we have here, and we look forward to getting who we need back, you know, at a later date. Don't give up on us. That's all I can tell you. Don't count us out. Don't give up on us. You know, uh, we got a, a good group of people, player-wise, staff-wise, support staff-wise. It's a championship caliber uh, operation. Why are you shaking your head? That's no, good. I, I like GMs hitting the media. During the bad no, times. I understand that, but he's also saying, I have a track record, we have a track record. Even though we're not good right now, we're going to be fine because of my track well, record. Well, they make the playoffs every year. They do. But it's it. He could have. I just thought he could have worded it a little better. We're going to be okay. We're going to be fine. Don't give up on us. Like, who's giving up on the Yankees? I haven't. No one's given up on the Yankees. Everyone thinks they're going to be good. Do you see Yankees on social media and in comment sections sometimes? I mean, fans are Yankee. fans. Right. Well, that's the, that was the message. Don't give Yankees up. Well, I don't the think they're, getting, they're still selling out 40,000 seats a game. Yeah, like, no, they're not. Show, it's not that they're not showing up. They're just like, damn, we suck right now. And he's going, eh, we go through this stuff pretty frequently and we make the playoffs. It's a different conversation if it's, hey, why haven't you guys won when you're always in the playoffs? But a lot of teams have to answer that question. So how would you have answered it? I just would have been more – just cut it off long. It's a long season. We're just in a row. We got a lot of people banged up right now, but we're going to be fine. But then, so then he would stop there. And then before somebody could even get the next question, out, he's like, don't give up on us. Okay. Don't, no one's giving up on you. Nobody's saying you guys aren't going to make the playoffs. No one's saying you guys are terrible. It was just, he just jumped it. I felt like, I felt like he had that pre-planned in his mind mm-hmm. and was going to get that out there no matter what. Okay. Fine. Adam, quick comment, and then we'll bring I mean, boy back. It's the in. Yankees. Yeah, it's the Yankees. He said he didn't need to keep going. It's the, it's the Yankees. No one, yeah. we know what they can do. We know what they will go out and get. 
So, and the Yankees are always going to be right there. That, that again, they they've won one championship in this decade. I mean, I'm sorry, not this decade, this uh, century. So that's obviously heavy on everybody. Yankees are all about championships. So they get to the postseason, yeah, but the postseason is not good enough for them. The postseason is good enough for every other organization. It's not good enough for them. So, uh, you know, fans want that. Fans want the rings. They want the championships. And I always tell fans, stop tweeting pitch by pitch. I mean, at bat by at bat. You're going to go drive yourself crazy. I mean, you, you you are, man. If you if you tweet literally all 54 outs, you're going to drive yourself nuts, man. So, but that's that's Yankee fans. They live and die with their team. So, uh, yeah, either way, they ride a roller coaster of, of emotion. The players, they are, they know where they're going to be. The organization knows where they're going to be. They're going to be in the thick of it when they need to be in it. And the most important date for them is always a trade deadline to see what they can add because they never subtract. Yeah, well, those super fans pay the bills, you know. Let's I'm bring tired in, of people saying that. What? Well, it's the TV that pays the bill. Yeah, right? and the, the eyeballs Social watch media. the TVs. Yeah. Ah, we, yeah, just the cable. The cable is already on in your house when you when you buy. No, it. you need the ratings. Ah. You need the ratings, baby. All right, let's slap hands, please. You're up first. I didn't see this, so you sent some picture. Oakland is this ringing a bell. Oakland. Did what you I not send? send it? No. What, what did I send? I don't know. Let me see. surprise me. Maybe what? it was from me. Oh yeah. Ooh. You didn't send that? I oh, know I did. Oh, Damn. so <laughs> I'm trying to send you Look at up. that number. Twenty five hundred eighty three at your game last night. Oh, I watched almost two, every that second. That was two of nights it. ago. Sorry. Tuesday two nights night. ago. Twenty five hundred. Last, last night I think was less. I mean, less than twenty five hundred. You know, Cyrus was there, and I think he said it felt like maybe a thousand. There was an hour plus rain delay also yesterday that Oakland, knocked out a lot of people. He said there's a lot one of people. You over twenty five hundred to a thousand. <laughs> That's a lot of people. He he said that there was one dude that probably had a few to drink and just kept yelling baseball, and everyone <laughs> heard him in the whole ballpark. Everyone. <laughs> We have a problem. We have a serious problem. If 2,500 people are showing up to a major league game in a huge market, there is a problem that needs to be resolved by the commissioner of baseball to say to the owner. Now, the owner, the commissioner works for the owners. I get it. He's kind of their voice. But somebody needs to step in and say, look, man. We can't survive like this. We this just is a bad look for the sport. Well, that is what they wanted, and that's why they're moving. They they upped ticket prices this year significantly. Yeah, it's just a bad look. I know five hundred people at a game, Adam. That was like back when Cal and the Orioles and the Metrodome. We used to play these early games, and I swear we played a game against the Orioles. I think I told the story on here. You could count the people: one, two, three, four, and I don't think we got over like seven hundred. Because we sit in okay. the bullpen and go, one, two. You counted to 700 in the bullpen? Yeah. <laughs> we had nothing else to do. It's just bad for everybody working there, too. It's not just, you know, the players, obviously, you want to see somebody out there. But it's it's bad for the for the staff, for the, the just the people that work at the stadium. It's, it's miserable and demoralizing for them also. So it's just all around ass. 2,500 people, 26. that's more. I mean. 2600. 20, no, 26, 2685 last night. So Tuesday was worse. 2685. 
Yeah. That's announced too. That's not even high like school. Actual. High school basketball games get more than that. High school football games get more than that in Texas on a Wednesday, and I know they don't play on Wednesday. <laughs> but if they did, they'd get more. <laughs> if they did, they'd get more. No, you're right. But I would be the same way. I don't want to go if they don't want me there. They don't yeah. want me there. What's the threshold of just saying play a game somewhere else? That's what they're doing. They're moving. They're trying I'm saying to this move. year. Oh, you can't do that so quickly. And they have a contract with the ballpark. Oh. I think it, it, it runs through next year, I think, technically, I want to say. But anyway. But they purchased land in two other places. Yes. Yeah. Yes. That's a very fun mess. 2526. Oh, TV ratings are off the charts. People are watching on TV. Ooh. I'm just guessing. <laughs> Adam has a new favorite player in the bigs. Uh, coming up, who are some of your uh, favorite players? Ooh, Adam Jones, man. Adam Jones, he from, I'm from Baltimore, so, you know, him playing in the Orioles, seeing him play to the field every day was, was amazing, and I always looked up to him. And I actually got to meet him in Mexico, so it was real cool. That is sick. And it, it, if the sound, because it was loud there, um, if you couldn't hear it all or if you're on the pod later, Lamont Wade Jr. being asked about who his favorite player is, and uh, we're looking at him right now. And then you guys got to meet in Mexico, so was he starstruck? <laughs> no, I mean, I didn't know that. I seen the tweet today. I had no idea. But um, I was walking in the clubhouse, and I seen him, and I was just like, what's going on, man? How you doing? I dabbed him up. It was the second game, and I was like, damn, you just going to jump bridge like that? You know what I mean? Because he ate a bomb, and I, I, I had no idea of, of any of that. So that's very humbling whenever, whenever somebody can uh, – Say you're their favorite player, so that's really cool. And hey, I'm gonna be rooting for you this year, brother. Not against, you, not against the Padres, but I'm be rooting for you. You know damn well you paid that man some money in Mexico. To say that. <laughs> bought him some tacos. Yeah, he yeah. bought him dinner or something. So they're gonna ask you tomorrow on MLB. No, Pro. I know. He was about to drink some water in a cup, and Adam went, "No!" no Smacked it out, gave him a water bottle, and said, "Here, kid, you'll thank me later." When all, when your entire team has the shits, you'll thank no. me later. It's cool when anybody, right, says to you, hey, you're my favorite player. You meet a kid, a 10-year-old, but, I mean, this is a major league ball player. That's that's good shit. Hey, yeah. only thing I hate about that, though, is when somebody, like, outdate, like outdates himself. Spencer Torkelson said that he was a big Barry Bonds fan. Barry Bonds retired when he was seven years old. That means that he watched Barry <laughs> Bonds from zero to seven. That's a damn lie, if you can remember that. His favorite player is somebody in that era. Yes. His, 12 to like i love michael jordan like everybody else kobe bryant is my era of favorite players okay yes yes people are like oh i was three years old when i watched you know mickey mantle what the last <laughs> no. year Best yeah. ever, like. they must be catching youtube clips or something Come on. Come on. hey ft live on friday i'll be there with fraser fraser friday and kratzy and lastly who won the name drop game today Ryan Howard dinner with Adam Jones or Jason Williams golfing with AJ Przinsky. Oh, Ryan You Howard. decide. Come on. <laughs> White chocolate. Ryan Howard ain't got no nickname like White Chocolate. See you Friday. No, we don't. <laughs> Just chocolate. Foul Territory fans, listen up. Our friends at BetMGM are running an MLB Bet $10, get $100 instantly promo with the bonus code SPICYMLB. Here's how it works. Sign up and deposit at least $10 into your newly created account. Download the BetMGM Sportsbook app on iOS or Android. Place a pre-game money line wager of at least $10 on any MLB team to win at standard odds price, and you will receive $100 in bonus bets instantly. If you sign up in Massachusetts or Ohio, you receive $400 in bonus bets. Use the bonus code SPICYMLB. 